following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Oh, it's a special Thursday, isn't it, gentlemen? Because we've had a historic day in the Talking Cowboys universe because we are not inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Instead, we're on the Tostitos Fiesta Plaza at the Funtown RV tailgate. We are going to be out here podcast-wise for the rest of the day. However... This is the first time that all four of us have been in the same place at one time. Heckma and Isaiah have never met, nope. and we've never all four been in the same place at one time before. But, hey, we're here talking Cowboys here on a Thursday, and we're going to break down some recent moves from the Dallas Cowboys here over the next 45 minutes. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback. What's up, Rob? Can I just say that's the most 2020 thing I've heard this year? We've been doing this show for how many months? And Heckman and Isaiah just met. They just <laughs> oh, yeah. met. Yeah, that just happened. Uh, all that arguing. <laughs> all that arguing. We're just best friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're best yeah. friends and they just met. They're, like, a, they're like yeah. pen pals. There's a reason we put <laughs> them brothers. apart from each other, too. We, we, we backed them up and put them on, put them on oh, opposite sides. Is it, you're exactly right, though. Like, And I was thinking about this last night, just the fact that Rob and I have been in the same place at the same time. For the first time this week, all three of us were in the same place True because that. of pregame show stuff. Yep. And then Heckma was the only one that, at least at this point, had been out of it. But Way even Heckma ahead. and I had been in the same place. Rob and Heckma had been in the same place. And then finally, we've got all four together. So thank goodness for that. And it's a beautiful thing. It is actually, it's a ton of fun. It's a it's chilly out here. I say it before the show said it was Philly weather, Philly which weather. is fitting, I guess, uh-huh. since the Cowboys are going to go up to, to Lincoln Financial this week. And Man, uh, I'm not going to lie. They've got us set up. They've got some fantastic nice. heaters back here, yeah. which is keeping us warm. We've got all of the, the Funtown RV yeah. to, to to go through and, and walk around. Our setup's all in there. It really has been a cool morning already, but it's also a morning following some roster moves for the Dallas Cowboys, mm. and we've got to get into that. Both Don Taripo and Daryl Worley released yesterday. Of course, the report came out from Tom Palacero earlier in the day that the Cowboys – were shopping those two guys, but didn't ultimately come up with a suitor, so they did end up releasing him. They were not at practice yesterday. Rob, just kind of go through the move overall and what it does for the Cowboys initially. Well, Isaiah called it. They weren't at practice. Mike McCarthy was asked directly before practice, would they be there? He didn't comment on it. He said, Everson Griffin's the only move we're going to talk about. And ultimately, they decided to make that deal, that report, or those two cuts. That report was accurate. A trade did not materialize, and they're moving on. And, you know, at least at the defensive tackle spot, it's a little bit like the Everson Griffin move where Neville Gallimore is a young player, a draft pick they like. They want to give him more snaps. And I think it just, especially for Worley and Poe, it just comes down to production. They weren't getting production there. Cheeto's coming back off of IR at the cornerback spot. And, um, you know, this that free agent defensive class they've got, guys, it just has not panned out this year. No, I don't think any of us are surprised. When, no. when you asked the question about, you know, what moves would be made, and we talked about the Poe Worley shake, 
if we could put it together. <laughs> and that's, that was the move that was made. And based off of production, guys, I mean, it's, uh, it, it was one of those things. And we, you also talked about the interview yesterday with, uh, with Jerry, talking about Don Terry Poe yeah. and just being in shape. And uh, maybe that's indicative of just the climate that we're in. You know, guys just hadn't been able to get uh, in shape like that. But he came in already with the reputation of maybe playing a little heavier. Like an eat. No, this I mean this this was the right move, right? I mean these guys, they guys were they were they were they were baggage that we necessarily didn't need at this point in time. I mean, obviously when you sign them in the offseason, you think that you made a great move, right? You think you're bringing in some savvy vets. You know, you have a new coaching staff coming in. Um, you need some guys that can come in and kind of establish themselves. Um, they're already proven, right? You don't want a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out with the brand new coaching staff. So you bring in some veterans that are proven, have good track record. Well, the bad thing about bringing in veterans sometimes is they don't have a lot of motivation to drive them once they get the check, right? It's either you're a guy who wants to check or you're a guy who wants the ring, right? Um, sometimes you get the combination of both, um, but unfortunately the drive kind of is left. The, the drive leaves some guys, right? And, and they've already had good careers for the most part, and they come, they get some guaranteed money, which owners hate to give, right? Uh, veterans like to get it, but, but owners hate to give it. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you happen to get that guaranteed money, if you don't have that internal drive to be great, to continue to produce, then guess what? You're literally out there just collecting a check. And it seemed like that was kind of the case for Dontari Poe from training camp. And Rob, you were out there at practices as well, so tell me if I'm wrong. But it seemed like at least then you didn't see that push from him. At that point, you thought maybe it's because of the injury. He was out from Week 12 on last season. Maybe that's going to play a factor. Well, ultimately, he just never picked it back up and found it. With Daryl Worley, I don't think it was necessarily a, a pattern of, of complacency. I think it was mostly just the fact that he just didn't get the schemes and had a lot of communication issues. Yeah, I don't know if it was a great you know, we, we talked about trying to buy into the scheme, and I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was the case for all three of the players they, they've moved on from necessarily. Uh, I just look at this draft class, guys, and it's, you know, they, they've had free agent classes that haven't worked out within a year or two. But not like this. Say their names. How many? Let's start at Ha Ha. It's Ha Ha. Okay, so uh, there's one. Uh, Maurice Griffin. Kennedy. Yeah, Griffin. Griffin. Uh, yeah, Griffin. Gerald McCoy's hurt. Gerald first McCoy. Week. We can throw him in there. Brandon Carr. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty bad. Alan Smith's the last man standing pretty on defense. All the, really. all the acquisitions we made. This well, Blake Bell yeah. and Blake Bell. He's, Blake Bell's Blake a good Bell. one. Blake Bell's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Blake Bell's a solid one. Yeah. No, but the defensive side of the ball, it just it just hasn't hasn't worked. And I hate to agree with Mickey because Mickey always says this, <laughs> and I disagree with him a lot of the times. But when you're their strategy is always to kind of wade through the second and third waves of free agency, and you know, despite the names, you know, they they acquired some names, signed some names in the offseason. But sometimes when they do that, there's a reason why a guy's still out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just it hasn't worked. Now, I think Griffin was the biggest surprise, guys, because like we said yesterday, we were all excited about that signing. And I think everybody felt like he had options. He signed a week into camp, but he had options. He could have Seattle apparently wanted him. If Seattle yeah. wants somebody, I'm interested, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because of the way they run their organization. That was a big surprise, but the other ones haven't, and uh, now they've just got to piece this in together the rest of the year defensively and try to show some improvement. I think if if I were given the chance to to, to bet one of these Funtown RVs okay. on the fact Don't that do it, Kyle right, on the fact that Everson Griffin here. was going to be better than Robert Quinn, I probably would have done it. Like I was that confident in the fact I was as well that he was going to come in and make an impact. And of course, he was shipped off to Detroit for a six round pick, which at this point is the right move for everybody involved. It's the right move for Griffin. It's the right move for the Cowboys to get some draft picks. But at what point do we look at this? At 
I don't know. And I feel like this is a question I've asked already, but what point do we look at this as a coaching thing or if we look at it as just the a front office thing? I don't think it's either one of those, really. I think that the front office did their job this offseason. I honestly and truly think they did they, they did their job. They mm-hmm. got a team um, together mixed with young guys, mixed with some guys who have been in this organization since they first came into the league, and then they went and got out some veterans that are proven. Right. That's what you do, right? You fill your roster with and – we, and we were all sitting here talking about how much depth we have, right? Yeah. I know mm-hmm. we talked about that yesterday. So on paper, that's all you can account for as, as ownership, as management. That's all you can do is get guys that look good on paper, good guys who, who have historically looked good on – on film and then guess what you simply cross your fingers and hope that when you cut the check they're going to continue to produce like they were prior to you bringing them onto your team and acquiring them so unfortunately you can't control the aspect whether or not they decide they want to play or not that's yeah. what you it doesn't matter who you get they decide whether or not they want to play hard or if they want to be effective or not like i said the check is the same and unfortunately <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there that will just shut it down i got guess what whether i play hard if, take it for instance this season's not going well Right, the no. season's not going well. If you take somebody like a, a, like look at Seattle, like a Carlos Dunlap, productive player, right? Productive player, impact player. But in Cincinnati, he could decide uh, I'm I'm really not going to be that effective because our chances just aren't that great. Now he goes to Seattle. Oh shoot! I guarantee you that boy puts it on a hundred. Yeah. Why? Because I now I have a chance at getting a ring. So I'm gonna give it everything that I have. And unfortunately, that's just the reality of the matter. I think also the the evaluation process was kind of stymied because of all the things that were going on. If you think about True. even the draft, uh, guys didn't get an opportunity to do their pro days because of the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So a that's, lot of that, a lot of that may have impacted the way that they looked at these guys. And on paper, guys, right, it, it looked good. But I kudos to this front, the the front office for it not working out and not and staying the yeah. course. Absolutely. Cut bait and let's start this thing all over and get our young guys some reps and, because and they are relative low risk signings in terms of money like Isaiah Rex, they are. There, there's some there's guaranteed money involved but they're not taking a huge hit uh in with the Griffin trade they're saving three million bucks yeah that was huge you get a pick yeah, out right. of it you would have probably gotten a compensatory pick anyway mm-hmm. uh I, yeah I agree on paper it looked great you know it just and, and I do think the COVID delay start to training camp did affect the way guys come into camp the ESPN report that that heck referenced Jerry told Chris Mortensen Dontari post 40 pounds overweight you know, that's I mean, that's just that's that's a problem when you're trying to have a, a, a you know, bang start to the season. And I think you don't have I, a lot of time. I think the McCoy injury is a lot larger than what we've made. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I think it's a lot larger than what we what we put attention on. Um, it was very clear. Um, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball, how well respected he was mm-hmm. um, to his, his approach, um, his grind, his leadership. I mean, you heard a lot of guys in a short period of time talk, bringing his name up um, and referencing him. And I think that once he was gone, everybody was kind of looking around trying to figure out, okay, now who? Now who's going to lead us? Um, yeah. and, they, and I don't think anybody wanted to step up. Well, they looked at Poe. That, that's where I looked anyways. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's what the same thing was in the locker room, but initially whenever Gerald McCoy came out, or even when he was signed, it was Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe. It was the two guys from Carolina coming in, going to be healthy and ready to play. So whenever McCoy went out, I looked at Poe. And I I don't know, like I said, I'm not in that locker room, so I don't know if the players said that same thing. Now, (laughs) kind of going based off of what Heckma and Rob said, and you're talking about the COVID offseason, I know this is an excuse, but uh, it, it could be some reasoning. Maybe not an excuse, but a reasoning to get these guys out of the way for a rookie class, like we mentioned, some of these young guys, Neville Gallimore, Bradley, and I on the defensive line specifically, and getting them an opportunity to show out because 
we haven't really had a chance to evaluate those guys. Is that a big factor whenever you're looking at personnel development right now, the fact that you think you had a really, really good rookie class and now you get a chance to look at them? Yeah, not only that, you got to think about the injury to Tristan Hill as well. So That's all true. of those things being relative, yeah, you want to get an opportunity to see what Neville Gallimore has. He's a high-energy guy, and anytime you look at him on film, even if he gets beat, he's still trying to get to the ball carry. And I think that was the effort was what we were questioning uh, with this defensive line. But going forward, guys, I mean, Kyle, you get your wish. You get an opportunity What's to see that? Bradley and I. <laughs> I hope so. Well, and even Mike McCarthy came out and was like, well, Dorrance Armstrong is going to see a lot of playing time. And it's like, Just I crush your dreams. Yeah, right a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Mike, come on now. <laughs> But Dorrance Armstrong has also been putting in some good film as yeah, well. Yeah, so. he has. I can't, I can't hate on Dorrance Armstrong. I just want to see 56. That's the only thing. <laughs> but. I, what do you guys feel about that, though? Like, do you, I mean, they're, they're clearly going younger at some spots. Yeah. At, at the quarterback spot, you're getting a starter back. You're getting Cheeto back. Thank goodness. So that's, you know, that's a little different with Worley going out. But, I mean, Jerry said in that, that ESPN report last night, we're not giving up. Uh, they're Ooh. going younger, but they obviously must feel like – it, it's not a huge drop-off in terms of what they've been getting defensively. So, you know, it's it, this isn't a huge loss necessarily. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the, the division is still within reach. I think the expectations are what they are at this point. But I don't think – I don't look at this as a tank no. move. You know, let's just get rid of everybody, cut no. bait, and play for next year. No, you get rid of the guys who don't want to be on board. If they're not doing what you, if they're not participating and being active, um, you know, uh, assets to the culture and the environment that you're trying to create, mm -hmm. and they're costing you money, <laughs> you get rid of them, right? I mean, it's, it's no different than, than your bills at the house, right? If, you, if you've been having, you know, cable and you need to go to stream, and guess what? You cut it off, right? I mean, it's no different, right? You cut bait. So, I mean, that's, you get rid of the stuff, and then guess what? You still, I know the guys don't like hearing about it. All the fans are like, oh my gosh, we were terrible right now. Everything that you want out of this season is still out there for you. Regardless of how you feel, take the emotions out of it. I, heck, I don't deal with emotions. I can't, I can't I, take it out I don't right deal with, now. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 I don't deal with emotions. You can win the division. <laughs> if you win the division, what happens, Rob? You get a home playoff game. You get a playoff game. And if you're in the playoffs, the, the, you, you have opportunity to win what? They're a good ring, the good cookie ring. Okay, so that's isn't that why you show up to play? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so regardless of how things are feeling, this is what you do. You get rid of the bad eggs or the things that you don't feel like are a part of, a part of what you're trying to have going forward, and you try to figure this thing out, and you try to get these guys jump-started so that you can go out there and ultimately go after the same goals that you set forth before anybody touched the field. You know, I'm just glad to hear that Funtown RV wasn't the only one that brought the fire this morning. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I'm hearing with Isaiah. Now, specifically, though, whenever you're, you're talking about this, it, it would be a message to say you're giving up on the season. It, it would send a poor message to your younger players that you want to develop. You want those guys to, to continue striving after the division. Because even right now, you're 2-5. and five. That looks awful, but you're still, uh, what, a half game out of first place. Yeah. So you have an opportunity to, to find a way to win that division. What kind of message would that send if you didn't go for it? And I think yeah. you're exactly right. I'm, I'm backing up your saying. Yeah, no, I mean, and for anybody out there that's wondering about what this what message this gives to the team, this is not a, oh, my gosh, we're, we're shutting it down. This is the total opposite. Yep. This is Jerry Jones letting – and, again, my belief is that Jerry has kind of has, – has let Steven kind of – Take the take the take the reins a little bit, and every so often when things aren't necessarily going right, you see Jerry step up and say, "I'm freaking Jerry Jones. This is what the heck's <laughs> going on. Get rid of these jokers right here, and everybody else in that locker room. Let you know if I can get rid of these guys, you can go too." 
Jerry always says, if there's a tie, I break it. You're talking right. And he does delegate a lot, but he is still heavily involved in the decision-making. Yep. So, um, yeah, no, I think they're still trying to play. Look, Mike, to your point, Kyle, Mike McCarthy's message continues to be, we've got to find a way to play through this adversity. Yeah. If you're going to shut this down and say we're playing for next year, he's not building his program. He's not building that culture, that word we keep talking about that's so important. So I said this a couple of days ago for fans – that are mad because they think they're quitting or they're not showing enough effort, you can't say out of the other side of your mouth, well, let's just shut it down and play for next year because you're not – That's what What type of message are you sending to the locker room? It's not a thing. Yeah, it's you, not. You just can't do it. You can't just say, hey, we're, we're out on this one. Hey, by the way, we have a chance to win and go into first place this week if we, if we take down Philly because Washington is on a bye. Okay, so we're going to step aside, take our first break here from the Tostitos Fiesta Plaza once again. Funtown RV tailgate. We're having a ton of fun out here and showing off just a fantastic GRZ uh, RV up here as, as well at the Star in Frisco. So when we come back, we start previewing that matchup with Philly. It's the Philly offense, or no, flip defense, that. Yeah. Philly defense versus his Cowboys offense. Flipping what we talked about yesterday, we talk about it next here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here with Talking Cowboys, second segment here on the Thursday edition from the Funtown RV tailgate. Having a ton of fun. First time all four of us in the same place at one time. Still blows my mind. By the way, what else also blows my mind is the fact that you can get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan at Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. That's that's the blowing of the mind part. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. $20 for the Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah, stand back with you out here on the plaza at the Star in Frisco. We're watching CD Lamb highlights up above us on the big screen. 
Green, and he didn't have the best game against the uh, against the Washington football team last week. Looking to turn things around against Philadelphia this week, but guys, as we're looking at the tape, uh, there's a lot of the same challenges that the Cowboys faced against Washington yeah. coming up against Philadelphia. And now, once again, not one of the best defenses in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. However, they do present a pass rush going up against this mm. offensive line and. Of course, Robert Zach Martin at practice yesterday, huge sign for the Cowboys, at least the fact that he's going to be back. But do we really know where he's going to be playing? Yeah, he wouldn't tell us yesterday. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't give any hints, um, he, although he did. He did make it sound like it hadn't been a huge discussion to play at tackle like mm -hmm. consistently. I think he's an emergency option out there. And when you look at the matchup, he's played against Fletcher Cox a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's the guy you point to first. I think in that matchup, he doesn't have a lot of production in terms of stats this year. I think one and a half sacks. But he's still, if you watch the games, he's still getting after the quarterback. He's yeah. still Fletcher in there. He's still a large human being. Yeah, he's a large human being, and, and Zach is too. And that might be the best place to put Zach this week. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know, Heckma, you, you might be able to tell me better. I don't know if there's an edge rusher that scares me nearly as much as what Fletcher Cox brings to the table. So maybe this week, guard for Zach Martin next week. You go up against Pittsburgh, you throw them a tackle going up against, of course, the pass rush that they possess. Man, it's getting to the point now where this is going to be our 10th rotation at offensive line. Yeah. 10 oh different gosh. guys, right? It? Yeah, 10. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And it's a, it's a game of musical chairs, man. Kellen Moore hadn't slept this week, and Fletcher Cox is probably the guy that's keeping him up at night knowing uh, what he presents I love the fact that Zach Martin is back, but guys, it's it's going to come down to the fact that offensive production is going to be necessary to kind of nullify this mm -hmm. this uh, defensive uh, front for the Eagles because they are the strength of their team. So uh, not not only Fletcher Cox, you have uh, Derek Barnett, uh, Javon Hargraves. They got a bunch of dogs that are going to be up there. And for a rookie quarterback like Ben DiNucci, he, they are going to crowd the line of scrimmage and do a lot of things to confuse him, especially, you know, you have a defensive coordinator that has a rookie quarterback in front of him. I mean, come on, man. Isaiah, you know how it's going to go down. Yeah. They're going to heat that pan up. I think they're definitely going to heat that pan up. You know, I know we're talking about how the interior presence is def definitely necessary um, and how, you know, Big Martin might want to go up against Cox. But there, there's a dude on their team uh, by the name of Brandon Graham. There he is. Mm -hmm. yep. and he just happens to be tied for third. In the NFL, in sacks, and he has six sacks. Bad matter of fact, um, and you so you might want to keep an eye on him. Isaiah, who's first? First in sacks is the guy from from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. We we've seen yeah. him. Miles, Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles. And who who's the second guy? I think it was the guy from the Rams, uh, number ninety nine. Aaron Donald. Yeah. That, so that Donald. Yeah. So we've seen both of those guys. They've had multiple like sacks, multiple sacks <laughs> against us. So let's just hope Graham is not the leader yeah. of the pack after yeah. after Sunday night. My, my biggest fear. My biggest fear, all right, because right now, uh, as my understanding, Andy Dalton did not practice yesterday, correct? No, sir, he's still in the protocol. Still in the protocol, okay? Um, so that's not looking good. Uh, so then we have uh, Ben DiNucci. He's the, in. The rookie, right? Um, the rookie going against uh, Fletcher Cox, who's probably, you can probably fit two Ben DiNucci's inside of Fletcher <laughs> Cox. Um, so if Fletcher Cox is able to get pressure on the interior, where we've had some issues, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the outside, if we let this dude, now by the name of Graham, get off like he's been doing all season long, now we have pressure up the middle, 
and an outside yeah. against a rookie quarterback who's going to be starstruck, who actually came in and played really well. But I would imagine, um, you know, I remember my first time seeing a large human being on, in the NFL. You know, my eyes were a little big. You know, Julius Peppers happened to walk by me one day, <laughs> and I was like, that's not a human. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine he's probably going to have the same reaction against yeah. Fletcher Cox. So hopefully, you know, his eyes don't get too big. But um, th this presents a problem for our O-line. The other thing, the problem they had last week with so many young guys in there, I think Zach will help, was beyond just so. the pass Very rush, so. it was recognizing what it is. blitzers. Rushers yeah. coming free. I think it, it happened on the safety with Schultz didn't pick up somebody, and yep. then it didn't happen a couple of other times. And so I, I think bringing some experience back will help just yeah. recognizing that. But you know with Jim Schwartz, he's going to bring oh, he's pressure. Coming. He's going to bring five- and six-man rushes. Yeah. He's going to bring it from different places. They've got to be got to be on point. Schwartz is smiling right now, knowing – that even yeah. we even when we go max protect, we're not able to, to protect yeah, the quarterback. No, so I mean, with all of that being said, you you have to put together a game plan for a rookie quarterback that revolves around the, God, the running game. <laughs> and we gotta we gotta find it. We have gotta find some way to to get some synergy, uh, get some production out of our running game because it hasn't been there. If it gets to the point where we're throwing this a lot, man, this is gonna be. Well, I guess we're already at depth on four level. Oh, yeah. Right. What, what, what would you define as throwing a lot? I mean, because I'm just, just wondering. Um, last <sighs> game is probably the only game where we haven't thrown a lot. 50 times? Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. That's a lot. <laughs> That's okay. a lot. Okay. That's that for, for a rookie, I guess, what, 35, 40 times would be way too much? Oh, oh. 30 times would probably be more than you'd want. Oh, he's right? going he to throw it 30 times. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's throwing the ball 30 times. If they get behind, they're yeah. going to have to. That's been the story every game. Absolutely. You know? And actually, McCarthy was asked, is it, hard, is it harder to game plan for a rookie quarterback, put together one for a rookie quarterback instead of Andy Dalton? And he, he laughed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He basically said, is that a, is that a joke? Am I supposed to be laughing yeah, Am at I that? supposed to laugh at this? Yes, of course. It's it's a little bit That's nothing against harder. Danucci, but it just is what it it's is. It's a rookie quarterback. I mean, he didn't have any reps, any reps. Zero. With the first team offense in camp that I can remember. He or, got very few, period. Or the second team, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, and Dalton's running the scout team up until Dak. Come on, man. What happened to that whole, what happened to no, that no, whole no. sandwich you no, were no, serving, no. This man? Is, this is facts. This is facts. When you're, <laughs> facts. when you're a third man on a totem pole at quarterback, you're not getting any reps. No. You're getting snaps. None. From, well, from an assistant, you know, equipment manager. Right. But you're not getting real snaps in practice. We also haven't seen him in a preseason game at yet. At all. No. That's the thing is, is this is a rookie quarterback drafted in the seventh round that hasn't had a preseason game that's thrown three career passes in a real-life football game. First one was nice, too. Yeah, it was pretty First nice. Little, little, little whole shot right in there. Yeah, no, that was pretty nice. That's aggressive but, case still made of the point that this is the guy you're about to put behind center, yeah. but what goes into preparing a guy for that? Because there's no uh, real-life simulation that you can just throw him into. You get him as much blitz, blitz film as possible because Schwartz is going to come after him. Mm -hmm. I, and I, when you think about the personalities of defensive coordinators, he is probably one of the few defensive coordinators that you like, you know what? He would pre probably kick, he'll probably kick you in the butt while you're on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's he, him. That's that's him. That's that guy, right? He'll he'll put his, his foot on your throat all day long. Uh, so he's he is literally smirking. He kind of has like that that kind of arrogant little smirk to him, and he is going to come all day long. So when you're talking about trying to prepare a rookie quarterback for that with a struggling offensive line and a struggling offense and really just a struggling morale of the entire team, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Um, you know, I, I kind of just lean back on my time when I was in New England playing quarterback and, and TB12, whenever you're going to play the play the Jets, you know, you, you just you just watch blitz film. You just mm -hmm. watch blitz film all day long because you know that's all you're going to face. So you try to get him on the same page with his linemen, being able to identify the Mike linebacker so that they can set their protections. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to be wrong, be wrong together. But 
everybody needs to be going in the same direction so everybody can be as protected as possible. Yeah, now he did say he was going to be the first one in the building and the last one out during his press conference earlier, but is that going to be enough? That's my question. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. It, it does, does, right? Sounds good. I mean, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I will say this about him and we watched, we didn't see a ton of reps in camp. He's got a great arm. He can make throws. He's mobile. And I thought, you know, and it's not a lot of reps in camp, but he does have a poise back there. Yeah, he got, he got swag moxie. to him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had it at James Madison. We got, you yeah. know, we we you saw did. it at, uh, at Toyota Stadium. Yeah. Two miles down the road. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, his, his future was in Frisco one way or another. Yeah. Uh, but I like that. I mean, we've had situations where we've had to go to a guy, Antonio Romo. <laughs> so, uh, maybe we have a little bit of magic here and that. I don't know. I'm just trying to get more uh, on that hope sandwich of mine. But. You know, it, it, things are going to break down, and that's the thing about uh, Danucci that you like, his mobility uh, and he the escapability. Uh, but he's going to have to make those short throws. He's going to have to be on point with that because, it, like you guys alluded to with the previous matchups, teams have been blitzing us crazy. Yeah, and when it comes zone. down to, you know, but yeah. – he, we don't have to see Buda Baker uh, again, <laughs> but uh, but Ross uh, Ross the cornerback turned safety yep. uh, and McLeod those guys are going to bring pressure at the line of scrimmage because you know that's what Schwartz likes to do uh, and so we're going to be stretched no matter the, no matter how you look at it but it's going to come down to can Danucci get out of the pocket and it's, and get some yards for us yeah and you know. If you look at the Eagles' run defense, it's been pretty good, except for quarterbacks have had success scrambling on them. Mm -hmm. Some of the jet sweeps and stuff like that, they they've have not uh, defended those well. I mean, Daniel Jones, 80-yard run. Oh, now, the finish wow. wasn't great, but he got 80 <laughs> yards out of it. So but you, but you, 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 you doesn't trip at the 20-yard line. You can't rely on that. Right? No, you no. can't. At some point, you got to Yeah, Danucci's not, not Kyler Murray. You know, right. he's not going to kill you in that regard. Um, there's really not much that he can do to get ready aside from just watch as much film as possible and try his best to communicate um, and be on the same accord with his offensive line. Uh, other than that, it's football, um, and he's going to get he is going to get welcome <laughs> into the NFL oh, this absolutely. week. Absolutely. No doubt about it. You know, we just hope that it, that it we ends up on a positive side of things. Now, with that even being said, I feel like it has been an under-talked about aspect of this football game is the fact that Ben DiNucci has uh, has that mobility. And, and when it, whether it was his time at Pitt, whether it was his time at James Madison, he can effectively run the football. So how does that change the play calling from Kellen Moore? Because Kellen Moore is a guy who wants to throw it 30 plus times a game because that's what he's always done. However, it might Take a little change in, no. a little adjustments. No, you don't think so? <laughs> well, he, hey, like, I agree with you. A little read option in there? What are we, we doing We already got here? one quarterback in doggone concussion yeah, that's, protocol. That's a, who's, the guy behind, <laughs> who's the guy behind Ben DiNucci? Let's start talking <laughs> about him because Gary yeah. Gilbert. Did we just make Cooper another Rush in a week? Maybe? Yeah, we, we got did. Cooper Rush, right? Yeah, we did get Cooper Rush, I guess. Or he's uh, yeah. in COVID protocols. So, but. so you have to – that's also going to play a part in, into Moore's play calling because now you can't afford for him to take a hit. It's I mean, being serious, as yeah. an offensive coordinator, you yeah. have to protect the team and say we have to give ourselves the best opportunity to win this ball game and if it's giving the ball to Zeke and, and hoping that we get some yardage that's what it is but we can't have another quarterback go down they literally cannot because if, if they do you're really in some trouble it just seems like it's going to be hard for the receivers to really get going in this game we'll, yep. we'll see I mean because of the pressure that you're expecting they, they ran a lot more too tight I thought last week and just to help with the protection and it may be more of a Dalton Schultz game I think yeah. when they had success before that, the the drive before halftime where they turned it over, they got the backs involved. They got the guys out in the flat, and you know it, it may have to be that type of game where you're just trying to get the ball out 
and and like Heckma said, try try to get the running game going. Yeah, and and the thing about it is when we talked last week about the the Washington football team uh, game, it was important that uh, Andy got the ball out of his hands quickly. Mm -hmm. The same thing's going to be applicable to Danucci this week. He's going to have to get the ball out of his hands, and C.D. Lamb is not going to have he cannot have a repeat game of sure last mm -hmm. week because he had some key drops that would have kept the drive uh, going. So it's going to be important for our guys to to help their rookie quarterback. It really has seemed since the drop touchdown pass from Michael Gallup that the receivers just haven't been, with the exception of Amari Cooper, have been on the same page. And I, I feel like that's a huge part of this football game. And I want to talk about that a little bit more when we come back. We'll, st we'll step aside in our final segment. We're going to talk about those receivers and how they can specifically get going against what I think is a very susceptible secondary from the Eagles side of things. And we talk about that next here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Go, Kyle. <laughs> Back here from the Funtown RV tailgate on the Tostitos Fiesta Plaza. Tostitos. Final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more Essilor. And, guys, it's, it's kind of sad. I don't want... 15 more minutes of this and then calling it quits. Oh, I, I want to keep going. We're like, not here every week. I'm Tostitos. Sure. Whatever. Let's just do it. Like I, I'm sure Funtown RV would yeah, be down I mean, for that. Let's just do it out, man. Yeah. The LED lights. At some point, it's got to get warm again, right? At some no, point. I guess. Just, I don't know. March. I mean, it got kind of cold. Yeah, March maybe. Uh, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And uh, we mentioned the last segment about these wide receivers getting off to a better start. Of course, last week, no receptions for either 
CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. I think both of those guys have to make a bigger impact in allowing a rookie quarterback to maybe find some footing, whether that's within 10 yards or just having a target to throw to down the field or maybe because the offensive line gets Zach Martin back. Hopefully that helps you out in that regard as well. But, Heckman, when you look at the wide receivers, is there something specific that you can point to to say they did this well early in the year, but they haven't done it as much so lately? I just think there was a, a better communication with Dak, which you would expect, right? Yeah. Uh, these guys were on the same page, and uh, that was something that was missing when you talk about the the receiving core lately, just not having that communication. And, and we've talked about that at length, about how, you know, getting Andy Dalton on the same page. But, I mean, if you if – you, if you're just looking at Michael Gallup, I mean, the fade routes were curls. Everything that the, we wanted uh, was was there uh, for, for Dak. Now, it's finding this rhythm again with a third-string quarterback, which I'm sure they hadn't had a lot of opportunity to work with him uh, either. But there are matchups when you talk about the Eagles. Now, up front, defensively, yes, they're strong. But on the back part of their defense, maybe that's where we're able to expose some mismatches. And uh, Craven LeBlanc, one of their, their nickel cor- corners, number 34, is a guy that I'm looking to get CeeDee Lamb matched up with. Uh, and also, uh, any of our guys, Cooper uh, and Wilson, any of these guys, I think in the slot is where it's going to be because he's Danucci's going to be under pressure. He's going to have to find receivers. But if he gets any time, because they're going to press us, he'll have an opportunity. And I believe these guys are like cover three zone defense, basically. So yeah. it's going to be there, but he's going to have to find it. Yeah, my, my biggest – I have two things that I want to look out for this game. And that's – one is going to be uh, can these receivers get off of pressure, uh, off, of, off of press man. I think, I think we are going to see some cover three zone, but I think it's mostly going to be man coverage. I think they're really going to just challenge – um, not only the receiver's ability to get off the ball, but also Danucci's ability to get them the ball accurately. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think one thing we saw last week was Andy Dalton was under pressure, and you saw the ball coming out hot, right? So even though he was hitting his target and these guys were dropping the ball, it was coming out hot, yeah. right? So it was, it was it's not a catchable ball, as we like to refer to. Um, it, wasn't a lot of, it wasn't a lot of touch on it. So these guys, the ball was getting to his mark, but, you know, these guys were just going through their hands or bouncing off their chest. Um, and now going into this game, I think they're going to see the same thing, where these guys are pressured are going to be contested um, off the line of scrimmage from the get-go. Danucci's going to be under duress, and he's going to have to get the ball out. Now, can he can he deliver a catchable ball? Uh, can he deliver a ball that's on their front shoulder instead of their back shoulder? Is the ball going to be tipped in the air, time opportunities for interceptions? Um, also, something else, my second point is, what, what kind of patience do these guys have with Danucci? Uh, when you come out the game, when you're playing with the backup to the backup, um, you know, you go in there, you're like, you know, we're, we're in this together. We're in this together, you know, for the first five series, and then it's like, Dang it, man. Like, this hey, guy. Yeah. So you, I want to pay attention to see how frustrated these guys get and if they continue to run routes with the same intention uh, and the same the same diligence as they would in the beginning of a game. Mm. Yeah, Kellen Moore said the biggest thing for him, he's, he's got to get in the huddle. And he and you know this, he's got to show command. He's got to show that he knows what he's doing and he can communicate to everybody. Like you said, make the, make the, uh, you know, make the calls pre-snap. Uh, with the Phillies secondary, I think Maddox for them is getting healthy. I don't know if he'll be back in the starting lineup. That would help. They've had Mill, they've been kind of moving things around. They've had Mills at, at corner. Maybe he goes back to safety, and maybe that shores things up for them a little bit. Um, you know, I think the Arizona game, give credit to their DBs, man. They did a great job yeah. co- in coverage. Yep. And, and, and some of the pressure from, from Arizona just came from, from uh, you know, tight windows for Dalton to throw through. Last week, the pressure was so heavy, it was hard to really evaluate the receivers, in my opinion, and they, again, they went 12 personnel a lot to try to help things up up front. 
Um, so we'll see. But yet, you guys are right. I mean, I, I'm just curious to see what the timing is like yeah. with Danucci and the wide receivers. Just it's just a simple fact. It's just reality. It hasn't been there. And it's and and to Heckman's point, it took a work in progress with Dalton and the receivers, despite the work in camp that they had. Uh, Danucci doesn't have that. He doesn't have anything, you know, a background with the wide receivers. So it's you know. It's going to be live and see how it goes. You said, you, and I said Ross, but I meant Mills as far as their, their yeah. safety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned 12 personnel, and, and of course with the 40-burger offense and everything that you did drafting C.D. Lamb, you can have as many fantastic wide receivers on your roster as possible, but if you can only put two on the field, ultimately that takes away your advantage in having three really good wide receivers. And I'm not I'm – not, referencing trade rumors or anything but i'm just talking about the fact that if you're having to to chip on blocks with two tight ends and you're having to to have some help extra up front it's going to make it tougher on these wide receivers to make an impact now you can always rotate those guys in but is that one of the big reasons why we didn't see either michael gallup or uh, a cd lamb with a reception and instead saw a couple to go to to dalton schultz just based off of the formation in the scheme you just answered your question a little bit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah. you got the gorilla glue that that tight into your to your tackle in order to even get into your offense. So, uh, we you talk about Graham. I mean, he, you talk a relentless pass rusher that is one of the eleven year vet, and he hadn't slowed down at all. And so, on the other side of him with Barnett, they just have they what they try to do over and over is collapse the pocket, and if they can get to Danucci and rattle him that's where our offense start to fall apart and so you know having those having that connection with your offensive line and, and being able to make those calls uh at the at the line of scrimmage is going to help him uh just stand up right how daunting of a task is that for, for for ben Danucci? i mean we've already talked about how you you get him ready but specifically getting in the huddle sounding confident being able to call a play and then also going up against that pass rush, it's not an easy task. That's not the, that's not the part I worry about. Okay. Um, as a quarterback stepping into that situation, you're, you're game. You're ready. You're ready to ball. The issue comes when you're ready to ball, you're confident, you're stepping in there, and the guys, the guys that are looking at you don't look confident. The guys that are looking at you look frustrated. They look irritated. They look hopeless, right? And you're up there. You're motivated. You're trying to get grown men to be motivated to do their job efficiently. And that should not have to be his responsibility. He should have to go in there and do what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. He shouldn't be having to motivate other grown men. And I hope that's not the case. But when that is the case, it's very daunting. That's when things get bad. And that's why I say pay very close attention to people's body language. Mm -hmm. Pay very close attention to people's body language because that gets really demoralizing, man. When you throw a ball to a guy and, and he could have he could have made that extra step or made an extra reach to catch the ball and he just starts shaking his head, walking back to the sideline, throwing his hands up, that's when you get discouraged. And that's what, you know, in, in general terms, that's what Mike McCarthy's talking about throughout the team. You can't let bad plays or some some hard drives, some rough drives affect you the rest of the ball game. Wow. And I think I think we're seeing that. We're seeing it on defense too, you know. Uh when things aren't going well, guys, they haven't reacted to it as well as they need to, and that's why things get worse in the course of a game. Have you seen poor body language so far, oh, Heckman? <laughs> yeah. Is that something that we've already been alluded to at this point? Right. That's That's been our MO. It, something happens, we get down, guys just go in the tank because it's like, okay, now we're down by two points. There's no way we're going to get back. Yeah. Uh, you, two scores, you, you how are we going to get from, back out of this? You saw that from Andy Dalton last week. Andy Dalton put some balls on the money, and guys dropped them. In his head, he's like, 
come on, fellas. If I was Dak, you wouldn't have dropped that. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, come on, fellas. Like, I'm doing what I can. I'm under duress. I'm struggling over here. Like, when I get you to rock, you got to catch this thing. Gotcha. Right? And he yeah. get, they're frustrated because they're like, man, Dak, would've, that would have been a little bit softer ball. And he's <laughs> like, man, but the, the ball touched you. You know what I'm saying? So you get this little, you know, uh, nonverbal <laughs> confrontation that you have going on. Uh, and it makes it very difficult, man. <laughs> and then guys go to the sideline frustrated. They're talking to the coaches, talking about how, man, I'm open on this. It gets bad really quickly. So everybody has to have a positive morale. Everybody has to have the understanding, has to have the old the old New England, not this New England, but the old New England's mentality where it's like, <laughs> yeah. guess what? No matter what happens, we're in a good position, and we're good. We just got to go out there, do our job, play by play, move the chains, and some po- something positive will happen. It's got to go to your uh, your playmakers at that point. You got to yep. have somebody on that offensive side of the football step up. I don't know who it would be. I don't know if I even have the, the, the right to say who I think it would be, but at the same time, you've got to have somebody step up in, in those All key moments. All of them. Yeah, they're they're in a bet in that regard. They're in a better position than the Eagles because the Eagles have nobody. Wentz doesn't have his tight ends. He doesn't have his wide receivers. At least Danucci has really talented guys, guys to work with. Now, now can, can the whole operation work together? And like, like Isaiah, Isaiah said, can the communication and the rapport be there in this short period of time? We're about to find out. Yeah, that's a very good point. We got some wind coming in here. Ooh, there goes the canopy above us. But it's just in time for us to get off. That's my cue. Uh, get out of here here for talking Cowboys as we are out of time. Unfortunately. We'll be back tomorrow, 9-15, wow. for Heck Harrison, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback, and for Chris Beam and everyone who pulled off this fun town RV tailgate here at the Tostitos Championship Plaza. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. There goes the donut. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,